And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin, as I am live inside the Raiders team headquarters. The Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. Good to have you today as we're here in the middle of the week as the roster cuts were made. And we get a chance now to talk about the Raiders roster. Yesterday while I was on the air, decisions were being made and cuts were being made. And now it's all official as Will Kiss, the head of media here, brought me the new roster right to me here in studio, which I greatly appreciate. And we can go over this roster and any effects that it has on you the great fans of the Raider Nation. Mike Mayock is going to speak uh, coming up here at 12.30 or so. We're probably going to take it at 1 p.m. We'll play the entire interview in his entirety, what Mike Mayock has to say, because this is his day. This is Mike Mayock's day. He gets an opportunity today to talk about exactly what's happening here with this roster, why they made certain decisions, and what direction they're going in And I'm really interested to hear what they have to say on this issue. It's an important time of year because now the Raider players who are going to start, the Raider players who have made the roster are all aware of it. They know where they stand, but there is room. There is room with this practice squad, which we'll talk about, and players who will definitely be back with the opportunity of up to four players being on IR. That opens up opportunities for the Raiders to dive a little bit deeper and go out and potentially get a player or two that can help them out early in the season. And I think that's important. I think that's something important that the Raiders need to consider if they can pick up another offensive lineman, if they have an opportunity to go pick up a linebacker, if they can do something here in the next couple of days that can make the team better, I want to talk about that here. I don't care if it's a rental. I don't care if it's someone here short-term, whatever it is. Get it done and do whatever you need to get it done. Just do it and make the roster better, better, and better. So I'm excited to talk about anything you want to talk about today as we're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. You know all about it as we open up the show inside the Raider facility. PT's has been with me the longest. And as you know, Golden Entertainment, they own the Strat. And there is so many concerts, great concerts and entertainment coming up here. We're going to go through it here over the next couple of months, but I'm telling you, from Sammy Hagar and Friends, MJ Live, all the shows that they have, Illuminati, all the information is up at thestrat.com. Go to thestrat.com to see all the great events that they got at the Strat. I mean, this is fantastic here. Entertainment is opening up in Vegas, and that's the way to go see it. Go see it at the Strat. Their whole lineup is there. Their true rewards, their reservations for rooms, all at thestrat.com. PTs fuels the monologue as I'm live in the Raider facility kicking off the show today. Now, let's get into the roster as we begin the show. And I want to talk about some of the, I don't know, surprises or interesting things that I see as we go forward. And I'm going to start off with one that might be a little bit off for you. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but I'm surprised Marcus Mariota's on this roster. I really am. I thought that Marcus Mariota and his agent, and I don't know this to be true, but I would think that Marcus Mariota would want to be a starter somewhere in this league 
because he was a starter for years in this league at a high level, led the team to the playoffs, and would want to play. Marcus Mariota has not been healthy since he's come to the Raiders. He got healthy at the end of last year. He played in one game in relief. And then the offseason, they've been trying to get this guy completely healthy. He was not completely healthy, and he wasn't able to play. He was an emergency quarterback here. The Raiders are carrying three quarterbacks on a team that has been vastly weak on defense. Fact, not fiction. So if you want to have Mark, Marcus Mariota not playing and sitting on the bench when you could use that money or you could use that roster spot to get a linebacker or a really good offensive lineman that's going to get released, why is Marcus Mariota here? Well, all I can think of is that Marcus Mariota is here for something we all don't know about. And that's the way it should be in the NFL. That's the way it is with Bill Belichick, that they have a plan in place for Mariota and they're not telling us. And that plan could be him being used often in a red zone goal line package. It could be him potentially having a couple of plays in a certain down and distance where John Gruden thinks he'd be an unbelievable changeup or a curveball to Derek Carr, and he's too important to let go. Look, we saw a lot of Nate Peterman. I think we all agree that Nate Peterman is more, he's not an emergency quarterback. Nate Peterman isn't a third-string quarterback. Nate Peterman's a second-string quarterback. If this team opened up the season with Derek Carr as the starter and Nathan Peterman as the backup, I could live with that because I think Carr has the ability to be an Ironman-type player and stay healthy. He's in incredible shape. He's super fit. He's ready to go, and he doesn't want to come out of games. But injuries happen to quarterbacks all the time, and sometimes they are vicious. And if Derek Carr was out for a significant amount of time, what would happen then? I don't think Nathan Peterman on this schedule can come in and dominate and win game after game. I believe Marcus Mariota can. I believe Mariota can go out and play at a very high level and get to the point where he can win games, he can dominate games, and he can play at a high level even though we didn't see him at all. So I wanted your point on this because here he is. He's on the team. We have Marcus Mariota back with the Raiders again. And what do you think? It's going to be his impact on this team. You're the Raider fans who have dealt with great Raider backup quarterbacks. Jim Plunkett was a backup when Al Davis brought him in initially with Dan Pastorini to get him healthy. Mark Wilson competition. And then Jim Plunkett has one of the greatest stories in the history of the NFL. He gets healthy. He gets an opportunity to come in. After Pastorini, he wins two Super Bowls. He's a legend. He should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You cannot tell the story of the NFL without Jim Plunkett, period. And that's what the Hall of Fame is all about. Here's John Gruden talking about Mariota not playing as they wrapped up the preseason in the third preseason game. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. I would would like to. But uh, he wasn't cleared uh, to go. He was available on an emergency basis only. We think he is getting better. And hopefully with the next 10 days to two weeks, he'll be ready to roll. Yeah, and he should be ready to roll. He's got to be ready to roll. I mean, come on. The guy's got to get healthy. He's been paid a lot of money. I know he restructured the deal, but he's made a lot of money to not play, and they got to get him ready to go, especially in a game like this. The first two games are against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Those two teams are based on defensive, legendary history in this league. Some of the greatest players have ever, whoever played defense have played for those two teams, and that's what the teams are all about. They're based on defense first. So this is going to be important. The ball's going to have to come out quickly with Derek. 
Ball's going to have to come out quick. The blocking on the line's got to be great because you know both of these teams are going to blitz, especially Baltimore with their defensive coordinator, former Raider coach, Wink Martindale. That's all he does is blitz. I don't know what John Gruden's going to do. Is he going to leave in someone to chip? Is Darren Waller going to be running routes and they're going to keep another tight end in like Foster Moreau to block? Probably. You're going to have to get some help. You might have to get some help for Leatherwood. I don't think for Colton Miller, but you might have to leave a back in there. This is a Baltimore team that is going to be flying all over the place and taking chances. And I think Derek Carr, this has got to be one of his finest games. Derek Carr, one of the biggest tests he'll have all year is Baltimore because of their defensive scheme and the players they have in the secondary. So Derek is working on it right now, I'm sure. He's going to have to come to the line of scrimmage, quickly read the play, get out of that play, an audible, an audible into a winning play where one of his big weapons here is able to get open. So I opened up with Marcus Mariota because I want your opinion on what he needs to do now that he's made the team. There was no doubt. I think I knew he was going to make the team, but I thought there was an opportunity for him to be traded, for him to be moved for a valuable asset along the way that could have helped the Raiders on defense. Now they got Mariota and he's an emergency quarterback. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be ready to go? Raider Nation, you've been very kind to Marcus Mariota, and so have I. Why wouldn't you be? He's a class act. He's a hell of a player. He's a super athlete. But now he's got to be athletically ready to go in case the Raiders need him right out of the gate. Let's move on to another player that made the team, Amik Robertson. John Gruden talked about that before the cuts were made. Someone I thought would make the team, and he's obviously gotten better to deserve the spot. I think so. I, you know, I think he, he really has stepped up. I give Ron Miles, our new secondary coach, a lot of credit. You know, we've seen a young player, Hobbs, step up. We've seen Amik Robertson step up. And um, it'll be interesting to look at the film and see which defensive backs are going to be with us this season. But certainly he stepped up and had a good day today. So let's talk about the secondary here. As I look at the practice squad, and then I also take a look here at the secondary and the players who made it on this team. We go with Damon Arnett. No problem with that. They spent a first-round draft pick on him. He's got to be here. It looks like he got better this offseason. It looks like he's mature. He understands, put down the phone, put down the Instagram, work harder, and he's done that. That's the way I see it. Amik Robertson, I just said. Nixon at cornerback, okay. I get it. I understand the depth at that position there. Jonathan Abram at safety. Trayvon Merrick we knew would be a lock. Uh, Trayvon Mullen is a starter, along with Casey Hayward. Roderick Teamer and the way he played. I mean, the athletic ability and the way he played and what he did showing up in the preseason and the preseason games earned a spot here. Tyree Gillespie, a depth player, and then Nate Hobbs, who comes in, and Nate Hobbs could be your MVP of the entire preseason when it comes to games, the actual games and his comfort playing in Gus Bradley's system. So as we look at this going forward, I think it's really important to circle the secondary. Raider Nation, i give you another topic as I open up the show with the monologue. Is this secondary better than the one last year? 702-365-9200. Remember Jeff Heath? Remember what we had back there last year? Jonathan Abram, who didn't have a lot of experience, comes back with experience this year. So as we look at all of this and we try to figure out this secondary, this secondary's got to be better. 
Ron Malia's got to get this secondary to be lined up correctly. It's something I've been preaching to you on the flagship all year long. If this defense isn't noticeably better, the Raiders are the same team they were last year because they lost Rodney Hudson, they lost Gabe Jackson, and even though I think Trent Brown's a bum, which he is a bum, when healthy, he's a borderline Pro Bowl player. So the offensive line, I think, and I'll get to the offensive line in the show, I think this new offensive line's got some upside and some good players, but they got to do a great job. And the secondary, I think, is vastly improved because of the fact that Trayvon, uh, excuse me, yeah, when we talk about Trayvon Merrick coming in, that better be an upgrade. That's got to be a massive upgrade. Problem is he's never played in an NFL game, and Jonathan Abram and him can't get caught looking into the eyes of Lamar Jackson, who's going to want to tuck and run, but then fake to run and then stop and try to go over the top on them. It's a really big test for week one for a rookie in Merrig, who might have to come up in the box and tackle Lamar Jackson and will most likely be the last line of defense if Lamar Jackson's got 10 yards upfield and one more guy to miss to bring it to the house for 50, 40, 30, or 60 yards, Merrig's going to have to tackle him. I like the secondary, but I don't believe in Arnett yet. Why should I? I haven't seen him do anything in the NFL that has been impressive to me so far. Seen him do a couple of things in preseason games and practice when I'm out there. But come on, I got to see it happen in a game here. Trayvon Mullen is who he is. He's a young cornerback who the Raiders trust, who they're going to throw out there and hope he gets better and better every year. Is he going to be the next Lester Hayes or Mike Haynes? Probably not. But if he could be, you know, Namdi Asamoa and better, if he could be a pro bowler, or a borderline pro bowler, that would be great for everybody in the Raider Nation. Let's move to linebacker. As we take a look at the linebackers, really no big surprise. Denzel Perryman was introduced today. I know him as a player pretty well covering his career. I just don't know his complete health status and how quick he's going to be coming back. Javen White, nice that he made the roster. He'll come back eventually, and he's developing as a nice young player. Tanner Muse made the team. He should. He came from Clemson. He's got to step up. He's been healthy. He's fast. The Raiders in practices this year got him up to speed and gave him a couple of looks with the ones, which means he's got to be ready. He's got to be ready because this linebacking core has not been healthy. They have been the Achilles heel of the preseason, and it's not a big Achilles heel because the team's been relatively healthy. But anybody who steps up and gets more snaps than they were expected to get, like Tanner Muse, believe me, there's going to be a microscope under him. There is pressure on Tanner Muse and Nick Witkowski to play at a high level. Divine Diablo, who's kind of like a, he's a switchblade knife. He can do anything. He's a guy who can play multiple positions. It's going to be fun to see him line up out there and see what he can do. Nicholas Morrow. Just want him to get healthy. I have no idea when he's coming back. I think Mike Mayock might mention that today. And then we go to Corey Littleton. You can debate on this show or any other show here on the flagship that Corey Littleton is the most important player on this team. You, you can have that argument on defense. He's the most important player on the team. Because I know what I'm going to get from Max Crosby. I know what I'm going to get from Yannick Ngakwe. I have no idea what I'm going to get from Littleton. None. No idea. I put my neck out on the line for this guy last year, and he came up underachieving. So this is it for him. 
Gus Bradley came in. He signed a big contract. Mike Mayock and John Gruden couldn't eat that contract, and he's back. He was invited back to earn his spot on the roster, and he did. And he will be under tremendous scrutiny a week from Monday because I think he's the most important player to get to Lamar Jackson, to get to him in the backfield, to rope his legs up like it's a rodeo and bring him down at all cost. He's got to be able to guard the tight end. He's got to be everywhere all over the field. You are going to know instantly, Monday night football, first game ever with fans, you're going to know instantly where the Raider defensive stands when I'm on the postgame show with Eric Allen and we are breaking down the performance of Littleton. You better have a big game. He didn't have many last year, and he was paid to be a pro bowler. Will this be the year that he wakes up and becomes a pro bowler? So I gave you a lot on the defensive side. I want to save save more of the running backs and the tight ends and the wide receivers for a little bit later on in the show. If you're listening in Vegas, this is a Vegas day. I told Q, who comes on after me and our program director, let's see what Vegas has today. People call it hump day, all that. I call it Wednesday. Let's see if Vegas can light up the phones without the help of L.A., Oakland, everywhere in the Bay Area, Sacramento, our friends who call us every day, by the way, from New Jersey and Florida. Let's see if Las Vegas can step up today, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, and really shoot some adrenaline into this show, 702-365-9200. Anthony Dorsett will join us at the bottom of the hour former safety for the Silver and Black, uh, played in an AFC championship game. We know his backstory. He's the son of Tony Dorsett, one of the greatest running backs of all time. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Joe Lisi from Go For The Two, one of the best college football insiders I know. Massive college football games this weekend. Wow. I mean, we got some big college football games this weekend. Clemson, Georgia. Can you believe that monstrosity? That could be the national championship game. So we get some really good games. How UCLA is looking. Oklahoma, where my son goes, and I'm now all Oklahoma, which I'm pumped about, number two team in the nation. We'll go around and talk to him. Greg Bedard will join us, one of the premier Patriot insiders on everything that went down yesterday with Cam Newton. I mean, that, that, was, that was a lot. You talk about meat on the bone. Yesterday, all the sports radio almost shut down and broke over the news of Cam Newton. Cam Newton, I believe, got cut because he wasn't vaccinated. I believe that. I mean, do you? He could have been the second-string quarterback. If he, he's making good money to be the second-string quarterback, but he wouldn't have made all of his incentives, so he wouldn't have made the maximum amount of dollars. But I think that Belichick, if it was push come to shove on, hey, keeping him around, maybe he'll be a distraction. Oh, he's not vaccinated too? Get him out of here. Now where will Cam end up if he doesn't get vaccinated? What I think is really important about Cam going forward is that if Cam does get vaccinated, it's it's pathetic the way he didn't get vaccinated. If he gets vaccinated now, I'm happy. I'll stand up. I'll give him a standing ovation. It'll be great. It'll be great for the league. It'll be great for him. It'll be great for the pandemic. But if it took him getting cut to get a shot, Wow. Kind of like some of the people who live in Vegas. The only reason they're going to get vaccinated is if they could enter a lottery and Governor Sisolak can give them fifty dollars to $100,000. They'll put their life on the line. But, man, you tell people they can get a free spin of video poker 
or a vaccine shot in Vegas, then people will really start thinking about it. Vegas loves to gamble. But I think Cam has got to make a big decision now. I cannot imagine a team bringing him in with everything we're dealing with with COVID if he's not vaccinated. And then I have some of the other big cutdowns and roster movements. Urban Meyer's in a little bit of trouble because Urban Meyer made a comment that, you know, vaccines had a role or could have a role in regards to roster decisions. That's not allowed. That's not allowed at all. No doubt about that. He's in big trouble for that. The Jags say no players are cut due to vaccinations today after Urban Meyer slipped up a little bit yesterday. And we'll get into some of the players that ended up in other cities. I'm looking at the practice squad here, too. And that's a big announcement here today. If you want to go over the practice squad of the Las Vegas Raiders, that was just released a little while ago. And no big surprises here at all. Jimmy Morrissey was drafted at center out of Pittsburgh. Tom Cable liked him. That was a Cable pick. It's great that he clears waivers and he's here on the practice squad. Also good to see Dylan Stoner, who played really well at wide receiver. And I know the Raiders like developing him and he can get to the next level. Kendall Vickers, the defensive end. I mean, he could, this is a guy who could come and help at some point in time. When I interviewed him, man, I don't know of a guy I've interviewed was more intense. First couple of years here in Vegas. Nice that he's on the practice squad here, too. And then we'll talk about B.J. Emmons, the running back out of Florida Atlantic that the Raiders were high on and wanted to see him do good things. And Matt Bushman, the tight end. As you know, John Gruden loves to have extra tight ends around. So I think the practice squad, which was just released, looks pretty cool. We'll hear the opinion of Mike Mayock coming up here, and we'll play that at the top of the hour as we get rolling. So that's where we're at. Let's hear from you in Vegas today. I'm putting Vegas on the clock. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through. Uh, Jump on in. We'll play the Mike Mayock press conference at the top of the hour. Eddie Pascal is going to join us from the Raiders digital team here in a little bit. Anthony Dorsett at the bottom of the hour will check in. And we'll talk to him about what his life's been like. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And that's some of what we have lined up for you today in a little Cam Newton conversation next hour. The monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin, sidecar, right in your hand. You can get it in the back of the Raiders Tavern and Grill. They have their own bar, the Remy Martin Bar, where everything they have is served up. Try it. You'll like it. Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. So that's where we go as we begin the show. Jump on board. I'd like to get to your Vegas phone calls today as a priority. And then get to everyone else, 702-365-9200. I'm here in the building in this gorgeous studio, man. Holy cow, what a great studio to be here and have a good time. So I'm really, really excited about being here today. So jump on board whenever you want to get here. And we'll get it going, 702-365-9200. Mike Mayock's going to be talking, but we have Anthony Dorsett into Eddie Pascal, and we'll play that at the top of the hour. So let's get rolling. The Raider roster is set. I'm on to Baltimore. A really tough team that I think the Raiders match up well with, unfortunately, for Baltimore because of their injuries. If Baltimore was at 100%, I think the Raiders would be in trouble. I think what could save the Raiders in this game is the injuries to the Baltimore Ravens, the fresh players and legs on the Raiders, and the home crowd at Allegiant Stadium, which is going to be a really big deal going forward. 
702-365-9200 when we come back. Hey, Bobby, I'm not getting it. We'll go out to James. James, thanks for starting us off. Go ahead. Hey, I'm answering the call. You wanted to hear from Vegas. Vegas is here and listening. Um, I just want to say I'm really excited um, about this Raiders team. You know, I've been a fan for, you know, going on four decades now, and I can say there's a different energy, and I think it starts with the energy that the defense is bringing based on everything that I'm hearing from different reporters and, and different outlets. Um, and it's different from what I've seen in the past because, you know, there's a swagger, there's a confidence, there's an excitement, and that that carries over to what the offense, the offense mm-hmm. now has also got that juice. So this this team can definitely be something very, very special. I think the key right now is that they just have to finish because the last two seasons, the first half of the season, they've been playoff teams, but the second half they've kind of altered. So I think with this new defense and this and this new juice, yeah. I'm, I'm very hopeful that they'll be able to, to make this last all the way through the end of the season. Well, I think they added a lot of depth to make sure they could last throughout the course of the season, especially on defense, to the end of the season. I look at the depth of the practice squad and who they have on the defensive side, but the big addition, James, I think you realize, is the defensive tackle rotation, which last year Max Crosby was gassed. Cleland Farrell was gassed at the end of the year. They didn't have Yannick Ngakwe. Now they have Solomon Thomas. I'm looking at these defensive tackles and all the players that they took. This is make or break for these guys. I didn't know if Carl Nassib was going to make the team. A month ago, I didn't hear much, didn't see much from him. So he's going to be here. When, when they put Carl Nassib in a game, or Quentin Jefferson, or Malcolm Coons for limited, limited snaps, they better be ready to go. They better be ready to go because they're not going to get a lot of snaps in this rotation unless they can get the quarterback on his ass. That is the key to this year. They had, the, they had no ability to do that in the second half of the year with the playoffs on the line, and now they loaded, they front-ended this entire season with defensive tackles and edge rushers who hopefully can steal them a winner too early. Yeah, and that's what's got me excited. I mean, they, they've, got that, they've got rotational pieces now that – that are talented. Um, the system's easy for them. Um, everyone's going to be fresh, and they're going to need it. I mean, the offenses that they're going to be facing on their schedule, they're, they're really going to be tested, and it starts starts week one with Baltimore. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm really, really excited. Good. I think this team can definitely be special. Thank you. We're excited to hear from Vegas, especially on a day like today. Good to hear from you, 702-365-9200. If you want to get in, yeah, I think the biggest topic going forward is the fact that the Raiders at least have some defensive players who have proven themselves. There's no way that Gus Bradley can go into the season with the players that they had last year. You know, I didn't think Carl Joseph was the type of player that could make this roster only as a backup, and it shows that the players who made this roster, Gus Bradley believes, are better than some veterans that are out there. I'm hoping... The last two draft classes shine quickly into the start of the season. Well, you know, other teams did the same thing. I mean, I think we could all have a 
Uh, I think you're damned if you do and damned if you don't in a lot of ways. You know, you, you lose two or three of your starters in this game, you know, the questions will be different. But um, we like what we've done with our off-season program and our training camp. And um, we took the approach to evaluate the guys we didn't know much about. And um, a lot of these guys had college seasons that were interrupted last year. Uh, the, the evaluation was incomplete. You don't tackle in pads. You don't do a lot in pads like you used to. So this was the most uh, important call for us. So we try to make the right decisions when we cut down the, the roster on Tuesday. It's John Gruden. We'll have fresh sound from Coach. I did a one-on-one with him two nights ago, which was incredible. I can't wait to play it for you. We did 30 minutes for the Raider PSL owners, the suite owners, and some of the uh, sponsors, and he was fantastic. So we're excited I start my weekly interviews with Coach Gruden next week, and you'll hear him here exclusively on the flagship Raider Nation radio. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor has been tweeting this morning, still no Cleve Farrell at Raiders practice. That was an hour ago. He talked about the new Raiders practice squad cornerback Jordan Brown participating today. Vinny said looks like 12 of the practice squad players were at practice. We'll uh, carry Mike Mayock at the top of the hour. Really interested I mean, he's 50 yards away from where I'm hosting the show. He's doing the press conference. We're going to turn it around and play it for you as soon as we have it here. So stick around for that. I think there's going to be a ton of information for our radio audience on that. We're waiting on Anthony Dorsett. That opens up an opportunity for you to get through. 702-365-9200. It is a Vegas day. We're going to do that from time to time where we're going to put Vegas calls to the front because we need to. We need to get Vegas going. The biggest sporting event in the history of Las Vegas is a week from Monday. And we got to get this thing up to speed really quick. This isn't a UNLV football game. It's not a Golden Knight game, which is incredible, by the way. I love Golden Knight games. This is the biggest sporting event by far ever played in Las Vegas a week from Monday. And we want this place rocking today and all next week. Don in Vegas. Thanks for waiting, Don. Appreciate you. Hey, how you doing, JT? Good, Don. Thanks. Um, my, I'm making short because I'm at work, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm um, I'm highly, you know, excited about seeing the secondary. Um, Ron Miles, man, you know, if you look at some of those Charger teams uh, going into the season, you seen you heard a lot of people saying, "Well, I don't know what the secondary is going to look like for a lot of those Charger teams." And then they, they, they ended up getting a lot of injuries in, the, in that secondary. And that secondary and that defense as a whole was always able to compete. Um, if you look at the Raiders today, if you look at the, 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 the secondary that we have today, um, you're seeing that carry over. You're seeing the consistency from Ron Miles and you're seeing the consistency mm-hmm. from Gus Bradley that, that, they, that they know what they're doing. Um, the, the same names that we had high hopes for last year, um, Emmerich and and, mm-hmm. and 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 Jonathan Abram, these the, the same names we're hearing different things about the things that we were hoping that we were going to hear about them last year. Um, that tells me that you know that they came in and they bought the system and that these coaches know exactly what they're doing. So I have high hopes uh, for for the secondary, yeah. and, and in saying that, I have high hopes for the defense um, due to the fact that the secondary is going to step up, and that means that the, that the D line and, and the second level is going to step up. So I'm, I, this team as a whole is giving me a, a, a different vibe than I've had in several years. Um, probably going back to the 2016 season when we made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
other than that season, I haven't really hung my hat high on anything that we've been able to do. Um, this team is, is is walking different. It's talking different. Even when you're getting the the, the mic'd up sessions that, that we're getting from players, you can hear the excitement in their voice. You can hear how they want to do what they need to do to make you know to cross that that cross that line to become not just okay team or eight and eight team or you know a five hundred team, but one of the elite teams. And they're going to need it in this AFC West. Um, my last thing is Vegas stand up, man. Everybody that's out here that are Raider fans from Vegas, we need to stand up, man. We need to earn our respect just like Oakland earned their respect and L.A. earned their respect. It's our time now. So everybody that's out here in Vegas, represent and stand up. And that's my call, man. Yeah, that was an excellent call. Hope you call again. That was fantastic. You mentioned Ron Malias and what he has to do to get this secondary ready to go. Let me touch on that first. Very important point that Don just made here in Vegas, that you have a secondary coach that is elite. He works with Gus Bradley already. And John Gruden loves him. So this secondary coach has got two jobs. Number one is he's got to get the young players who haven't stepped up yet to be better. I think that's his priority. The second thing he has to do is figure out what's going to be the right rotation with Gus Bradley. If he sees someone playing well like Nate Hobbs, he's got to go to Gus and say, Gus, you saw it already, but we got to get Nate Hobbs on the field more. He's got to say that Damon Arnett... He, he didn't play well last year. Gus, we weren't here last year. He's a different player. Let's get him on the field more. I mean, very important. The communication between Malius and Bradley for those two coaches to be on the same page because they've worked together and they've had success. So I'm fascinated by that topic because when we look at, when we look at Rod Marinelli, Rod Marinelli's a guy that I think Gus could turn around and say, hey, Rod, you just sit there and get those guys ready and, and keep them fit. Get him in the rotation so we can work with the rotation. But do we all agree? Do we all agree on this that the priority for the Raiders is the secondary? They got enough experience and good guys who can get off the ball and I think tackle and get to the quarterback or at least do a better job getting to the quarterback. This secondary is untested. This secondary has to be great and the pressure on them is going to be enormous right out of the gate because they're facing Lamar Jackson, who's going to run. And then on top of that, they got Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Famer, coming in next on a short week with the Steelers' home opener. A lot on their plate. Ron and Henderson. Thanks for waiting, Ron. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? Uh, So I was at the preseason game a couple weeks back, and, uh, you know, the atmosphere, uh, you know, I felt the juice in the air, you know. It wasn't Oakland, but, you know, it's it's, uh, we're turning the page in our history in Vegas, and, uh, being born and raised here, you know, I felt that, you know, being a true diehard member of Raider Nation, I'm excited that I will be in the building on September 13th in Section 329, rooting my head off for our Las Vegas Raiders. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't, I can't wait, JT. I am so excited. I know the players are going to feel our energy, and that's just going to make me amped up even more. My voice will probably be gone by the time the first mm-hmm. quarter ends. But uh, I am. Really high hopes on this defense. You know, we know the offense is going to ball out. Uh, Of course, the offense needs some time to gel, but I think they can. You know, Uh, Coach Cable, we all know what he's capable of. And, uh, you know, they just got to be battle tested. They got to be ready. Same with our defense. Just like you said, the piggyback uh, piggyback on the last caller. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the the defense, the secondary, uh, they need to step up. You know, Abram needs to step up. We can't have those boneheaded plays. He's got to stay on assignment. And uh, I hopefully, you know, that happens. Because if we have a middle-of-the-pack defense, like you said this before, 
But if we have at least a middle-of-the-pack defense, we're going to make the playoffs. If the offense stays on, on track, mm-hmm. we're going to be a playoff team. There's no one that can compete with us, JT. I'm tired of the talk of L.A. and Denver getting all the praise and love because it's BS, and everybody knows it who watches this team, who follows this team. I am pissed, and I can't wait to shut them up when we play this year. I am I'm done with it, JT. The Raider Nation is going to be there. We're going to be loud, and we're going to prove all the haters wrong. Peace. Go Thank Raiders. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to hear from Vegas today. You scream it, and they will come. That's what I. That'll be the name of my sports radio book. Scream it, and they will come. Thanks for Vegas for showing up. And I agree that the amount of disrespect to the Raiders is at an all-time high because they're not being talked about. And for those who love Denver and the and the Chargers, I don't get it. But look, there are fans of every team out there, and there are media fanboys set up in certain markets that are almost on the payroll, supporting those other teams we were talking about. Quick reminder, premium suites and loge boxes are available for Raider games on top of concerts and all the other events. Contact 1-800-RAIDERS and hit select premium seating or go to AllegianStadium.com and then select premium suite and loge. You'll have an opportunity here that'll blow you away. I'm in the building today. I talk to the people who are working in this department and they remind me. They have incredible opportunities for you to upgrade to premium suites, to get into these loge boxes, and to experience what you should be experiencing. An unbelievable event at a Raider game or an outside event such as a concert or a premium event. Go to AllegianStadium.com or call 1-800-RAIDERS and select premium seating. I think you're going to be blown away at the price points and what you can do. If you want to come with a large group, a bigger group, Upgrade into a suite and have an opportunity to have the night or day of your lifetime. All right, when we come back, Eddie Pascal will join us from the digital department. He's done a deep dive on this practice squad and the roster. I'll ask him about some of the strengths. Are there any weaknesses and what the Raiders can do coming back? It's going to be an exciting time, man. We got a big game a week from Monday. Feels like the calm before the storm before everybody jumps on an airplane and comes out to Vegas for four or five days. Yeah, and I got to look at the tape, and I asked, you know, Gerald during, during the game, after the game, how he was doing. It was just great to see him out there. He had a tough injury, did not play last year. We've been smart with him, and I thought this was a really good uh, step in the, in the right direction for him. And um, really positive uh, results, I think. How about that? And you saw what happened with Gerald McCoy. Put out The Raiders put out great social media on him being humbled that he's back on a roster and he's playing again after being gone for 20 months. JT, right here in studio at the Raiders team facility, Eddie Pascal joins us from the digital team. All of his great podcast work as an insider. And Eddie, let's jump in. What do you think overall? Were, were you surprised? You know this roster and you're around these guys as much as anybody. What were some of your big takeaways? 
I mean, I think when you look at, at surprises, I don't know if there's anything that I really kind of scratched my head on. I think the Derek Carrier move is one that a lot of mm-hmm. folks that you know that followed this team kind of go, oh, well, you know, he's been such a valuable part uh, of what this this roster has been over the past couple of years. I think the John Brown one is also one you kind of go, huh, maybe you give a half pause. But when you really think about it, I think it's more looking at how well Zay Jones has performed sure. than, hey, John Brown didn't do X, Y, and Z. Because Zay Jones, give this guy credit. We heard all the way back in training camp, Coach Gruden said, there is not a better conditioned athlete on this team than Zay Jones. And he has come in in phenomenal shape, and he has taken full advantage of every opportunity that he's got. And I think if you're John Brown, you look at, at the state of this wide receiver room and you go, hey, you know, you have Henry Ruggs, you have Brian Edwards, now you have Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro in front of me. Maybe my opportunity is somewhere else. But I think in, in terms of, you know, colossal surprises i don't really i don't really know if there were a ton yesterday which to be fair is probably a good thing for the state of this roster i agree with you when we go to receivers and this is a deep receiver core but you know you look at injuries and this team's been banged up a little bit when it comes to injuries here were you surprised willie sneed i know he's a slot player more than brown you look at the money that's being there i didn't see much of sneed do much, obviously, and I thought he was going to be the guy out first over Brown. Yeah, and, and look, I think there's a very uh, – that comes from a place of reason, right? Mm-hmm. But everything that we've heard from from folks here in the building, players, coaches, et cetera, is Willie Sneed has taken on such an incredible leadership role. Okay. And you and I know how much uh, John Gruden and Mike Miak value that part of his game. I mean, you look at Jason Witten a year ago, and, and I know that Jason Witten and, and Willie Sneed are two very different individuals, and I'm not here to say that Willie Sneed is the next Jason Witten or anything like that. But – John has shown since he's been here that he values that veteran presence. And Willie Sneed is a guy who can still has a lot of good football ahead of him. I don't think anyone anticipates him being the next Tyree killer or anything sure. like that. But he is a really good depth piece. And you add that into the fact that he has really taken on a mentorship leadership role with some of these younger guys. And I think that having folks like that on the 53 is very important. Walk me through Jalen Richard over Regis. And you know Jalen well. You've yep. had him on a bunch. and him being banged up and not available, and what does this say to him being on this roster, opening up an opportunity for someone else potentially to come in here until he gets healthy again? Yeah, I think we were talking about this before the show where you look at Jalen, and obviously we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, but if you put him on injured reserve prior to yesterday, his season is over. You're not seeing Jalen Richard until 2022. So the way that I kind of read between the lines of this move, I'm getting Jalen on this initial 53, is that the injury that he has is not something that is seen as, hey, he's going to be out nine games. 10 games so let's get him on the roster I would assume that there's probably going to be an injury move or two Mike Mayock said it just a few minutes ago that there are going to be a few injury moves coming down that you kind of are are able to massage the roster a little bit but I think if you're a fan of this team getting Trey Regas back on the practice squad is a 10 out of 10 move Mike was saying just a few minutes ago he goes there was real concern that he was not going to clear waivers and that he would be wearing a different team's uniform today but the fact that he's back here that he's on the practice squad that he is a guy that this coaching staff is going to continue to be able to develop i think is is a two thumbs up move for this roster and really this organization eddie pascal joins us in studio i want to get into marcus Mariota and how important his role is because i spent the last two days talking about cam newton right that's the biggest national story and cam wasn't available for a little bit because of a covid misunderstanding and i think that marcus Mariota is better than cam newton i would agree so so i thought that cam newton before the mac jones draft I thought that Cam Newton was going to have to compete maybe with Mariota if Bill Belichick wanted to pull the trigger. Are you surprised? Because we're not going to know this. How many people were interested in bringing in Mariota? And if he left, that would move Peterman up to the number two spot here. What should our expectations now be of Marcus Mariota and what he can do for this team? We haven't seen him. 
I think the expectation is that Marcus Mariota, Oregon bias aside, yeah. is the best backup quarterback I in agree. the NFL. I don't think there's even a close second. Now, I think to your point, if Cam did end up ultimately taking that number two role in New or- excuse me, New England, I think then there's a conversation, a great bar debate of who's the better backup, right? Which is funny too, thinking about their history together at Oregon, sure. Auburn, all that kind of stuff. But I think at this point, and we talked to Marcus last week, a shameless plug, JT, is that. He now he expressed to me that his job, him and Nathan Peterman as well, their job is to be a continuation of Derek. Their job is to lead. Their job is to instill a message, the message that comes from the franchise quarterback and what the expectation is for not only the offense, but the entire team as a whole. Their job is to be an extension of Derek, whether that's talking guys up, whether that's building guys up, whatever it is, that is his job. And so I think it remains to be seen. Do we get the Mariota package that we've heard so much about over the past couple months? I would love to see it. Will that happen come game day? We'll have to see. wait and find out. I hope we see it because we saw it with Garoppolo and Lance. Yeah. We should see it here just a little bit, but uh, Derek loves to be on the field. Yeah, it has a unique wrinkle, doesn't it? It is. It's a unique uh, wrinkle for sure. With about a minute and a half to go, give me one big thing you're concentrating on going into Baltimore. What's the thing that you think next week everybody should be concentrating on? I think it's the health of the linebackers. I think it's the continuation of building up this linebacking core because, like I said, you and I were talking earlier today, but that Monday night football game, in many senses, is going to come down to can you stop Lamar Jackson? Can right. you find a way to keep him in the pocket? Because when he gets out out of the pocket, when he has room to run, I don't know if there's a more explosive, dynamic athlete in the NFL than Lamar. So are the Raiders going to be able to do that? That remains to be seen. But helping do that, or to help do that, you need a healthy linebacking core. So that's one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on. The downfield blocking, because Baltimore's banged up. Yep. They're downfield blocking so our corners can get away. And get to Lamar if he tucks and runs is going to be critical. Yeah. Because Allegiant Stadium is going to be loud. He's going to take off and run. And three or four, I can't imagine what they've been working on in practice in regards to everybody getting to the ball. Everybody just get to Lamar Jackson and get him on the ground. I imagine it's, it's got to feel kind of like that, that peewee pop Warner type idea. Yeah. Like, this, is the be- this is the best athlete on their team. We know that. This is not a secret what they're going to try to do. Everyone has got to have eyes on this guy, and we have to figure out collectively how we are going to keep him, at least try to keep him contained. And it, that's no easy task, though. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate yep. it. Eddie Pascal in studio. He'll be on our show a bunch this year with all his great content and everything we're doing with the podcast department. First hour brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Modelo, a bucket of Modelo's coming up on Friday. Everyone knows that hard work deserves a fitting reward. A Pilsner-style lager with a crisp, clean taste. We will play Mike Mayock here at the top of the hour. Do not miss that. He had a lot to say. We'll get to Mike Mayock, the GM of the Raiders, coming up next.